welcome to Things That Will Help with Buffy Barfoot. This podcast explores what it's like to be human and how to find tools to feel clear, grounded, and happier. Each episode will have a different theme, and we'll talk about things that help to bring that theme to real life. The human stories ahead do not negate the heart or the dark, but rather point to the lighthouses along the way. This is Buffy. Permission is something that feels really important right now as this pandemic flows forward. And one thing that I know is that we're all going through some sort of metamorphosis during this time. We're all coming out of our houses changed. And I surely hope that we allow for that, both in ourselves and and in each other. This feels like a sister topic to last week's episode on the ground truth. I'm discovering that they really go hand in hand, ground truth and permission. And I don't think I was really finished talking about it after last week's episode. I think permission has been relevant for a long time, but maybe something that we've privately secreted away for later, you know, when the when the house was clean and everything was done. And now we know that even when we're tethered to our homes for weeks and weeks and weeks, that the house never stays completely clean and and everything doesn't really feel done. I think permission is something that we're all longing for, but something that we don't usually take, at least in its full form. And the word permission indicates that it's something that somebody else has to give to us. But I don't want to talk about that kind of permission. That feels like a different episode, and that that feels important in its own right. I want to talk about the kind of permission that we don't give ourselves. The permission to be unfinished, and the permission to be in process, and the permission to be unedited. I think that we know it leads to release and, and relief and to freedom and to a life better lived, um, to more presence and to, to definitely more fun. And so naturally, I think it, it also leads to less worry. And we could all certainly use more of that. And we know that. So why don't we give it to ourselves? I think that we think that we're chained somehow to the old paradigm and that that we most of the time can't do it differently than we've always done it. And oh boy, (laughs) the little little cages that we put ourselves in for the sake of our, our vanity and our control or false security that they hold. And we build these little cages. Um, And we make them stronger every single damn day of our lives. Usually, when we don't give ourselves permission to be in process or unraveled or unkept, it's because we want to seem in control. At least that's why I don't give myself permission, I think. Um, Because we like to have that illusion in front of ourselves, in front of others, that things are sealed up 
that they're ready and they're clean and they're polished. And of course, we tend to think that other people are not as messy in their process as we are um, because we don't see that, that they have an understory. And therefore, we tend to use our imagination to fill in our blanks for their story and make it much um, much more seamless than it probably really is. And, and of course, that makes us feel more alone and, and like we're a bigger mess. And our imagination makes the divide between us and them so much bigger. And in part, I think that we can thank social media for that. But in reality, this, this closeted comparison is something that started with the dawn of time and the dawn of people. I, I'm a recovering perfectionist. Well, I, I don't actually think I get to say I'm recovering yet because I'm still pushing that needle in my arm of wanting to appear as if I have it together, as if I always have it put together. I retrace and go over what I said and did or produced or posted so many times until I've usually created a soup of shame. And it's so exhausting to do this. And this podcast is an interesting and great example of me trying to harness control um, when I when I really can't. And oh, the recordings and the retakes and the wondering if it's all helpful or relevant. Um, the late nights sweating in the closet with my new microphone. That's where I'm recording this this podcast is in my closet, sort of hunkered down. In the, in the clothes and the pillows so that it, it sounds better and not echoey. And the wanting it to be perfect and the worry about potency and what to share and what to leave unsaid and how raw do I go? Do I, do I talk about my graying hair during the pandemic? No, that's too shallow. It's big for me, but it's probably silly to most people. Do I... Do I talk about the time I was in an abusive relationship in Alabama, but I was afraid to leave? Do I, do I tell about how I was gaslit for years by a handsome man in Denver named Charlie? Do I give permission for the dark days to seep through my stories, even though I, I point to the lighthouses as much as I can? Do I call out those men who were wrong and who abused their power even though there was lots of gray areas and I contributed to the story and the breadcrumbs that were dropped and it was confusing. And my fertility struggles that I ironed and smoothed and plucked and pruned all of these years, but mostly I tried to hide them and not talk about them. And the permission once and for fucking all to say what needs to be said and to air it out and then to remind you to do the same. And the permission to heal in our own time for as long as it takes to heal. And not just to be a polished yoga teacher who has little bullion cubes of hope in a bow to give people and to share. There's so much more here and there's so much more with you too, I know. The panic attacks that started in seventh grade because I didn't seem to belong to anybody. The shame that 
is packed away so densely that I haven't looked at in years. Those panic attacks started, by the way, because I dressed differently and was sort of a misfit, and I started panicking because of not belonging, which then led me to fight myself for many years and not give the proper permission for my artistry that rightfully belonged to me. And my story, of course, belongs to so many of us. And this this is the same kind of sadness I see in my beloved friends when they, when they let go with me and sob and tell me their story. Somewhere along the way, we let someone block our personal power and our right to own our own permission. Or maybe we just did it to ourselves and the bullies were imagined. Either way, it, it somehow cemented in our bodies. Benjamin, um, Benjamin, my brother, he, when he was little, he only played soccer for one season. Every practice, <laughs> he lost track of the game entirely, and he started watching airplanes in the sky, my parents told me. And luckily, our, our parents were so supportive of the ways that we lost track. And, and they usually let us go with whatever our wanderings were. <laughs> they gave us permission. Otis, my son, my four-year-old, he, he loses track of the ball in a game of catch in about 20 seconds. But you can take him out into the woods. I, I did this just yesterday. And he sees instruments and percussion wherever he goes. He, he talks about the leaves being a crunchy instrument and the sound of two sticks tapping together being a drum. And our ex- exploration together becomes an investigation of sound and the way that he sees the world, which is right now it feels like musically. And I give him permission so that he knows that he can belong to that track for as long as he does. And he doesn't have to do a prescribed one, one that's on the beaten path. A permission for all of us to lose track. Because when we do, when we lose track, we gain specificity. And we start to become and belong more to the exact way in which we're built, in which we're meant to be. I whisper into Coretta's ear and Otis's ear often Literally, I whisper to them, tell your stories and live your truth. You have permission. And you've always had it. But it's my job to keep reminding you and pointing you towards that permission. It's hip right now to talk about being wild and untethered. And to cast off the pretense and to go natural and and raw. But my question about that is, are we doing it? Are we just talking about it and sort of getting fired up by the idea of it? To go live and and live without a net. Um, This still is this abandonment of polish is so tricky for me. Because when I burrow to the center of it, and the center of my why, 
It's that I want to control how I'm received because I don't want to be judged because ultimately I want to be loved. Don't we all? And what if, what if I told you and I told myself and really understood that we would be more loved if we gave ourselves permission to show up in all of our Alexness and Courtneyness and Matthewness? You know, Otis gets a yelling time right now. He wants to yell all of the time inside the house, inside of our small house. Uh, which is super hard, um, particularly in quarantine. But now we've designated a time for him to go outside and to yell and to howl and to carry on because he needs to. Primally, he needs to do it. <laughs> and as I'm watching him do it, I've, I realize that I need to do it too um, and that I should set aside a time for this or just to, to let it bubble up naturally in me. And, and how perfectly natural in the state of things now to entirely come unraveled and to yell. I want to give myself permission to embrace the, that wild and ancient part of me that just wants to holler. And to let the vulnerable be here and apparent and wide and open. Do you have that same yearning? Haven't we been suppressed for too long? These little processes of ours they're not clean and ready usually and if we're going to live a creative life then some things at least some of the time are unraveling and breaking down all of the time all of the time something in your life is breaking down so that it can regenerate and so that we can regenerate and so that we can learn and find the whole of who we are and who we're meant to be. I have an incredibly beautiful friend named Erica Randall, who's a writer and a dancer. She writes letters to herself now from her older self, like when she's 80 or more. And she coaxes and coaches herself to come out and to live with relaxed surrender, with deep acceptance, giving herself all the credit and the wisdom. And she knows, as we all know, that we will regret not living fully, um, not living without those little cages that we build. But we have to keep being lured out because we forget. And then we remember for a bit and then we forget and we forget what vitality living this way can bring. And I want to share with you a little portion, a small portion of one of her letters to herself um, from her older 82-year-old self. This is it. Listen, lovey. No. You didn't get on the map. Not like you thought. Not like they told you. You didn't even leave the wings in some cases. But listen to that. You didn't leave the wings, which means you still have them. Those feathered friends who have carried you this far. It doesn't matter where you fall in all the timelines and posterity. We all die and we all are forgotten. 
That's the gift. We are all forgotten, which means that nothing you do right now will not be remembered anyway. So why not dance? Or whatever it is that you're afraid of or too busy for, or, or, or. Using those oars to row you to the middle of your heart pond. Sit here with me. Close your eyes and practice. Hear that buzz? That life electricity? That's not just the dragonfly by the lotus flower. It's your true purpose. And you're no good to anyone without it. Hmm. Art and anything we create, our days, our friendships, our calendars, our starting line, begins as a shipwreck of ideas clanging together. So can we start to give ourselves permission to be in this process out loud? The creation of something precious has so many things go wrong first. So many pencil drafts that we forget to see and to say and to honor. And parenting, oh my God, the messiness of this and the drafts of this and the falling apart shipwreckness of that. And just even daily existence during this pandemic, just putting on pants and shuffling around the house, permission in the lack of productivity right now. The dark lining to all of this, this whole practice of permission is, is to be immobile and to be stuck, to overthink and not be willing to get pain on your hands. I cannot tell you how many times someone has told me that they won't try yoga because of how inflexible they are. So ironic to never jump in the pool because we don't know how to swim, to not be witnessed, to not try, to not be visible, and, and to not show up because what you have to show is not yet perfect. And this is the price of not giving yourself permission. It's atrophy and it's stagnancy and it's always sitting on the side. And I'm a whole body no to this. Because when we over manicure something, we squash the life out of it. It's like, it's like making scrambled eggs. If you over scramble them, if you over cook them, um, they're dry and there's no air and space or life in them. There's no taste. And I, I hope that right now we're all creating a place once and for all to expose the holes and the underneath and to keep creating anyway so that we can get our work out and we can get our ideas out fresh and to live a life of discovery and, and unapologetic wonder and to lead with our questions instead of our answers and to listen, really listen to each other in long stretches before we decide what we're going to say next that will sound good and wise. You know that prepared answer that you always are ready with when someone's talking. Instead, just really listen and then talk off the cuff. It's better. I'm learning every day that it's better. 
and permission to be leaky and unfinished and in process and humble and frayed and not fully cooked. And the permission to see our whole life as a body of work that has its its rough drafts and its pencil sketches and its crumpled up third tries and its muddiness. And then there are moments of real triumph and wisdom. And those moments can earn their keep because they were muddy first, because they were hard won and they were rare. And they had the permission to be many, many things before they were ever polished. Are you making something right now? Maybe you don't know. Part of this practice is the okayness with uncertainty. The permission to show up with nothing to share. (laughs) And recognizing that everything has an incubation time, including you, especially you, especially now. I've had countless conversations with friends lately about how different they feel having been at home with their their lives and their thoughts and their families for weeks now and how we're all different how our planet's different and can we have the courage to come and to bring all of the ways in which we're new when we when we get on the other side of this and i i think that you know we don't have to know you don't have to know but I hope that you let it be and that you let it come out as it, as it does in whatever form that it does. And that there's permission there. And are you wondering if what you're doing counts? I'm going to tell you it counts. It counts to take a shower and to make an artful cup of coffee like that. It counts to finish the day however you can. And if you can manage to be sweet to yourself, then that's something um, that sometimes is the most we can hope for, to be sweet to ourselves. Getting through each day without interior self-mutilation is something pretty remarkable. And if you can't today, then you try again tomorrow to be soft and permissive, to love and to live within your own process. And if you forget how, And please, please, please find one of your people and ask them to remind you. I love and cherish those calls when my my people ask me to remind them of who they are and what their worth is. That's always my pleasure to give an answer. And sometimes it does take somebody who really cherishes us to remind us of our potency. But ultimately... Our creative wealth is not measured by somebody else. And you have to find the scale within your own body and what tips you towards a happy life, what makes you feel alive. I want to read a poem that's, um, that's something I've gone back to over the years so many times for inspiration and when I'm low. This is Mary Oliver. And it's called, I Worried. I worried a lot. Will the garden grow? Will the rivers flow in the right direction? Will the earth turn as it was taught? And if not, how shall I correct it? 
Was I right? Was I wrong? Will I be forgiven? Can I do better? Will I ever be able to sing? Even the sparrows can do it. And I am, well, hopeless. Is my eyesight fading or am I just imagining it? Am I going to get rheumatism, lockjaw, dementia? Finally, I saw that worrying had come to nothing and gave it up and took my old body and went out into the morning and sang. (laughs) Mary sometimes says what I wish I had said and what my body agrees with. I can tell you, I will wish that I had never worried and that I could harness the place and the practice of permission now at my midlife. And I hope it's what my children will see and hear me say from the wings of their life.